Hello, you're welcome to Just Arena. All we do is just, 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 and just. We discuss topical, trending, and exciting topics, and we have fun while at it. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy each thrilling moment of just, 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 and just. Good evening, Doc. How are you doing? Good evening, Adenika. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. It looks like it's going to be both of us distant today. I trust that your day has been good. Yeah, um, I had an interesting day. Although um, I had to take a trip <laughs> to a papa, but it was good. At least, you, you know. To papa. Yeah, I did do. I traveled to a papa, you know. Um, it was like I I left um, my place around seven. I got there like around ten. So that's yeah, that's a journey. <laughs> Sounds like Lagos to Ibadan. I'm telling you, <laughs> but it was so, was was good at least. Um, what I went, yes, it was fruitful. What I went to do was productive and successful. So yeah. I told one of, one of my friends was asking me, I told my friend that I've been up and about and he was like, uh, where have you been? And I said that I went from motion to first act. He was like, what? You've been, you've been going around. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Mm, yeah. Yes, my journey too was fruitful. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, okay. Blessed. So today... We're going to talk about this story about Anna Obregon. I think that's her name. I hope I got that right. She's a Spanish TV star. And she just revealed that the surrogate baby that people initially thought was hers is actually for her late son. So I'll try to just read parts of the story. So, uh, so she had a baby by surrogacy in the United States. Uh, that's, the baby was, was born in Miami. So, well, I guess one good thing is that baby will probably have American citizenship. So maybe that's one, one good thing. Um, so in Spain, it's actually illegal to have a woman give birth on one's behalf. Mm. However, adopting a child abroad is born abroad is lawful. So Ms. Obregon's son died of cancer at 27 and she sees having the baby as her mission. She says it was her son's final wish to bring a child of his own to the, into the world. Uh -huh. So she was describing a conversation she had with her son a week before he died. Uh -huh. Before her son died in 2020, a sample of his sperm was frozen and stored in New York. So uh -huh. you can imagine she probably has been planning this thing for about three years. So uh -huh. the best... The best mother who carried the baby is reported to be a woman of Cuban origin living in Florida. Okay. So Anna's initial revelation that she paid for surrogacy in the US prompted anger from ministers in the left-wing government and sparked a national debate. So uh, the, the policy minister in Spain condemned the practice as a form of violence against women. So, but the actress sees it as a, as, as sees it more or less like a storm in a teacup. 
but she's, uh, she's arguing that surrogacy is a form of assisted reproduction that is legal in much of the world beyond Spain. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to find what surrogacy is. The baby named Ana Sandra will be registered at the Spanish consulate before they fly to Madrid. And uh, she's, she has refused to rule out providing her granddaughter with a brother or a sister. Well, let's see if uh, the Spanish government will put in some legislation to stop her. So, so apparently, the woman is also ethically adoption by a grandmother could potentially become a problem under Spain's civil code because under Article 175, you are not entitled to adopt a descendant. However, and Abrega makes clear that legally she's the baby, baby's mother, even if she's biologically her grandmother. So while a dead semen is regularly used for insemination in assisted reproduction in Spain, it is allowed only within 12 months of a man's death and would involve a widow. So, um, Someone has um, someone, one of the a social philosophy commentator Gonzalo Velasco says that although there is nothing illegal about what she has done, he believes that there is an ethical issue that Anna has taken it upon herself to interpret her dead son's wishes, and that is going too far. No child is ever the property of his parents, and neither is a dead child. No mother or father has the power to interpret the wishes of their of their child. And then uh, Alessi, the son, that's uh, Anna's uh, former partner, uh, Alessandro Leque, has declined to comment on the baby's birth. So that's about what we know of the story. So I think I would like to, I would like to first of all, start off with, uh, I would like to go as per the way it is written. First of all, the first issue for me is uh, surrogacy. In the, so she, she's gone to another country to get a child for her son, a dead son. And uh, <laughs> the thing is a bit convoluted. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. What do you think about this? And you know, she, I guess maybe it's a way of managing the, the, the grief. I don't know if that's a way of managing the grief of losing her 27-year-old son, because I'm sure it cannot be easy for a 68-year-old woman to lose her son at 27 to cancer. But what do you think about this, her, her plan, or this, her mission? Because she said having the baby is a mission. What are your thoughts on the mission? I think that, okay, the fact that, um, because she said, you know, the child has kind of like, you know, made her feel alive since her son died. So maybe, you know, like you said, it was, I mean, she did that because she needed something. I think that, um, you know, this, I mean, her son was probably the only child she had. So she, she needed um, some, someone, okay, another child to fill that um, gap or the vacuum. Okay, so, um, from that angle, you know, trying to kind of like empathize um, with or uh, maybe sympathize, you know, I could maybe understand um, what she did 
Um, but then again, you know, my, my concern is um, bringing a child, you know, into the world now, the child doesn't have a father. Um, I'm not sure she's probably going to, because she, apparently she didn't even reveal who the mother, you know, of the child um, is. So maybe the child is not going to, we don't know the um, contract or the arrangement between her and this Cuban woman. So um, maybe the child is not going to also have access to a mother, okay? She, she just only has um, a grandmother and a grandmother is, um, you know, um, approaching a 70s. So, I mean, she's, she's old. So what, what if something happens, you know, to the grandmother? So are you going to now just, I mean, what's going to happen to the child? Because I'm not sure she thought, she, she thought about the child before she, you know, did what she did. She was probably just thinking of herself and how to overcome her grief. And she was probably not thinking of what ever effect you know um our action could have on a child you know that is brought into the world without our consent of course apparently i mean no child consents to being born anyway okay but then in this circumstance now there's no father i mean the mother might not have contact with her you know as the case may be the grandmother is old and could you know kick the bucket or anything at any point in time or she may live long we don't know but you know what i'm trying to say so what happens yeah. to the child if, if the grandmother, you know, um, for instance, dies? The child is left to herself. And so I, I think she, she didn't, probably she was being a little selfish, you know, thinking just about herself and her grief. And, um, you know, again, like um, that social comment or whatever said, um, the, the, the son, although we were not told whether the son also was part of the plan no, because it's possible, you know, um, his sperm was frozen be before he died. So maybe he was aware, maybe, he, I don't know. So we don't, I don't want to assume that the son was not aware that, you know, the, the mom was going to do that. But the point is, um, I don't know, they, they probably were not really thinking about this child because now the child practically does not have a father, a mother. You just, you know, brought a child to this world to be an orphan, so to speak, or something like that, you know, in some type of way. The Thank you for simply saying what I really wanted to say. It does come across as being a bit selfish, like it's all about her and her grief. You know, there's something uh -huh. my daughter taught me, I think it was last week. I made my daughter read five pages of a book every day. So she's currently reading Take the Risk by Dr. Ben Carson. Okay. So she said she learned something in the book about the best worst uh, case analysis. That's uh -huh. So before you go forward with the decision, you ask yourself, what's the best thing that will happen if I do this? What's uh -huh. the worst thing that will happen if I do it? What's the uh -huh. best thing that will happen if I don't do it? What's the worst uh -huh. thing that will happen if I don't do it? And when you weigh the benefits versus the cost, yes. it should help you come up with your decision. I don't think uh, I don't think this woman thought through the action she took because it seems to be all about her. Uh -huh. And I always with people that feel like oh we can bend the system because we have money 
there's a thinking behind the system and uh, it leads me to my next question i don't want to i i don't want to pre i don't want to expose it before i go so it's what the equality minister said because we know that the birth mother who carried the baby is reported to be a woman of cuban origin living uh -huh. in florida yeah and so the equality minister that's spain's equality minister condemned the practice as a form of violence against women. And uh, you know, while, while we were preparing, I was saying something of, why did she pick a woman, a Cuban woman? Why not a, a Native American, for example? Why not, uh, why not an American that is maybe living in affluence and just wants to do surrogacy as, a, as something that she, she just wants to do out of her, the goodness of her heart? So for me, my thoughts, but mm -hmm. I don't have enough, I don't have enough uh, proof to say that this is so, but my I, hypothesis is that she approached a woman that probably needed money to go mm -hmm. and do this thing that she, that she wanted to do. And you know mm -hmm. what you were talking, the part about uh, whether she, we don't even know if she got her son's consent before getting his sperm frozen. I don't yeah, want yeah. to add that to think of what will be the implications of not even getting the, the son's constant will be. So, because for me, all I'm seeing through this is someone that is so bent on doing something that you're willing to just ride over any for anything you see that is an obstacle. And my, my personal belief is that sometimes those obstacles are there to help you stop and think and ask yourself if you are taking the right actions before you proceed, and not just to go like whatever, whatever, I'm going to find a way around you. I believe that they're supposed to help us stop and ask ourselves, is this what, so for me, I'm a believer. I believe those are like uh, gates for us to ask, is this what God really wants me to do? Or is it God that is putting these obstacles so that I can think through my actions and come back to him and get the purpose? Because I don't know if she truly, truly dealt with that grief. So is she saying that if anything happens to this child now, she's going to go ahead and find another child and give birth another and get another child born? Well, she is contemplating, you know, giving the child uh, a sibling or more siblings. I mean, imagine that. So you're going to bring more children into the world. At that age, at 68. Okay. Yeah, to fulfill your desire, not because you want to even give a child because I would think that if you were so grieved, it would have been, I would have thought that you want to just go and adopt some child somewhere that's already been born and will appreciate the, as in that the gesture will mean something to him or her. And then you'll be able to at least pour your love and all on such a child. For me, I would have recommended that over what she did. And, uh, but well, I don't want to come across, but this equality minister's point about it being a form of violence against women. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm, that's um, well, I I don't know. I I um let, let me put it this way. I don't see it as violence in the sense that um these women, I mean, if this person is not um under compulsion you know it was not compelled in any way 
you know, or um, made to act under duress. You know, if someone, because I've seen people who, who you know, say it, that if they are done giving birth, for instance, they don't mind, you know, being surrogates, you know, to maybe um, a family who's having issues, you know, or I mean, who's trying to conceive. Okay, so I mean, this is probably done willingly. And yeah, I, um, I got that part, you know, where you said that she probably, um, you know, chose someone who needed money. And um, well, again, I mean, to be truthful, if it's if it's if it's done willingly, if it's not under compulsion, like um, people, people, you know, how would I say it now? People go around and about looking, you know, for means of making money, right? And except, of course, if it's legal, because in Spain it's illegal. Okay, so if it's done in Spain, for instance, okay, I would understand the illegality because I mean the law says no. But if it's in a place, you know, where, I mean, it's seen as something that is legal and it's a legal way of, you know, maybe making money. And, you know, with reference to the fact that you actually have people who, who don't mind, you know, doing something like that. So if you have someone who does not mind being a surrogate and, you know, gets paid for it, honestly, from where I stand, I don't see, I don't see the violence there, okay? It will probably be if, you know, you're trying to, you know, um, compel someone or you're, maybe it's some, some type of power play or something is happening, you know, in that situation, that's when, you know, I'll probably think there's something wrong with it. But if somebody, you know, I, I'm, and I'm also thinking that probably some people even, you know, register themselves, or I don't know the process of all of these things, you know, or maybe at least put themselves out there to say, oh, um, if you need a surrogate to, you know, I'll be willing to do that. I, I'm not going to rain on their parade. I'm not going to stand somewhere and say, well, if you want to do it, do it, you know, for free. Do it because it's something you want to help, you know, this family and don't collect money from it. I'm not going to say that. It's, if it is a legal way of making money in a location or, you know, in an environment, then I don't see the violence there. But of course, and I think that was why she went to the US anyway. You know, she couldn't do that in Spain because it's illegal, you know, in Spain. So um, I don't, um, in Spain, they think it's violence. I, I don't see it as violence because the person did not, I mean, was not compelled, you know, to, to um, make herself available to be a surrogate. Some people actually do it because they want to do it. But then if we are also getting paid for it, I mean, why not? Okay. Thank you very much, Doc. So for me, I really, really would love to understand uh, what agreements are between uh, uh, this Anna and um, the Cuban mother, birth mother, because uh, for me, I can't really say whether there was violence or not. I don't know if the birth mother was arm twisted. Uh, we don't know, we don't have all of the details, but based on what we can read now, it looks like it was just a transaction between them. I personally, just speaking personally, I have a challenge with uh, doing things like birthing, anything that has to do with bringing life in or preserving life and doing it for, as transactional. I, I feel like it's it just kinds of uh, uh, rubbishes the thing of the sanctity of life. But if no laws were broken, 
Well, I guess it is up to the people that decided to go for me. If I decide to become a surrogate, I, I don't think I'm going to uh, charge for surrogacy. I don't think it will be something I would want to charge for. Because for me, I think I, I believe in the sanctity of life. So I feel like anything that we're doing that has to do with life is sacred. And so I would want to treat it as such. That's understandable. Personally, I don't even think I would like to be a surrogate at mm -hmm. any point. And it's not necessarily because of any personal belief or anything. It's just something, not just something that I would be willing to do anyway. But then, like I said, I mean, anyone that wants to do that, because let's be factual, um, there, there are probably not going to be as many people who are willing to do it, you know, just, I mean, do it like that. So that also now means that people who have the privilege, or sorry, people who would have been able to, you know, um, have the opportunity or the privilege, you know, of um, giving or having children through surrogacy, then, then their chances and their options would be limited if you know we say that you know, people should you know not pay I mean not get paid for that because I'm sure that when you want to compare the number I mean the um yes the number of persons who would just do it you know out of their I mean not out of their free will everybody is probably doing it out of their free will but what I mean is people who just want to do it for doing sake for helping and all of that you won't mm -hmm. we won't have as many people you know, in that category as we would have, you know, in the other category. So I, I think it's it's just what it is at the end of the day. Okay. Thank you, Doc. Oh, well. So there's another thing that I would like us to look at. So uh, uh -huh. the birth mother has given birth to this child, Alessandra, and uh, she's living in Florida. And Anna um, O'Gregan is taking this child for, uh, for uh, to Madrid. Huh. which means that most likely there's going to be a, they are going to cut off of the breast mother possibly. Uh, yes. So what are your thoughts on that really? As in, how, do you think it's fair like whatever she was paid, if she was paid, should be is sufficient? Or do you think that it's okay for the breast mother to request to at least still know where her child is? Uh -huh. Huh. Okay, so again, just you know, I, I I mentioned that you know a bit when I was responding um initially, and that it's possible you know that this child and you know the mother would not have uh, any kind of contact based on you know whatever contract you know they have or the agreement that they have. And for me, I think it's mainly um you know the effect on the child is what is mainly my concern. As, again, especially because the, the grandmother is. You she's 68 i mean let's not um sugarcoat it she's nearer to the other side you know probably than to this side maybe or maybe not i don't know but you understand what i'm trying to say so um okay so that means that at some point in time while this child is still young okay very young there is a possibility that she's she i mean her grandmother will no longer be there too you know, to care for her, or even if she's still around, you know, she's she's grown older, and it may not just, you know, the the attention, the care, and all of that that the child would need may not, um, you know, be available in the 
right proportion or right amount. So it's the child that I'm really worried about because I just feel that the child will be deprived one way or the other. And um, it would have been good, you know, if um, she could somehow be in contact with a birth mother, you know, in this case, in this particular case, but then I don't know, I mean, what their, the contract says. So if the contract says no, and she, I mean, she signed it, right? So uh, it, it, again, it is what it is. Okay, thank you very much, Doc. Uh, for me, I think my big challenge is the fact that uh, it seems like Spain had put in enough uh, controls, in my opinion, to ensure, to more or less protect children that would have found themselves in this case that uh -huh. uh, this and has been put in. And uh, Anna Bergen seems to have just gone over all of that and found loopholes to, um, to exploit. And it all seems just to meet her own person, what she wants. Again, I, I always struggle with people that uh, are willing to just jump over every hook and all without stopping to ask why were these things put in place? And um, I don't know, okay, well, most likely she's divorced from the uh, father of her son. And uh, I just feel like the baby has been brought to be like her property kind of like she's the only she's the only thing the child has and yeah uh, speak. I, i'm quite concerned about that honestly because um if unfortunately she turns out to be abusive towards the child there's no safety net for that child there's no huh. one that would come in and say oh no you shouldn't treat this child this way there's no one there's no because I'm of the opinion that there's a reason why God gives children fathers and mothers and surrounds children with other family members. I believe that they, it's like a safety net so that mm -hmm. somehow, somehow there's someone that will pick up something. A good number, I've I, I read a book. I think I read a book of a, of a young lady that was just too difficult for her family to handle. And they sent her to her auntie, that's her father's uh, sister and it was her father's sister that was able to get through to her because she was able to speak her language but I just because for me the vibe I'm getting from Anna Bregan is that she sees children as property and uh, it seems like um, I really hope she got her son's consent before taking his sperm but if we want to extrapolate it won't shock me if she did not, because it seems like whatever Anna wants, Anna gets. That's the vibe <laughs> I'm getting. Honestly. Oh, well, we don't we don't know that because the child also made the wish. So probably, you know, when he made the wish, she said, "Okay, maybe can we?" Wait, wait, wait. Um, it wasn't. She said that it was his last. I mean, the article said it was his last wish, so we can assume that he made that on his deathbed or something but death well, hey when people are dying time had been frozen like how many years before then maybe three years or something i think you mentioned something like that about the sperm getting frozen in 2020 so there's a bit mm. of uh, authority there who froze the sperm where did that go from and you know she said she, we are hearing another side of the story because it's anna that said that this is what Alex told her was his final wish. Well, because it was his final wish, but he went to go and freeze his sperm 
in 2020. So why didn't he by himself do something about the frozen spin? Why didn't then he find the before he really? died? If I want to use my own inner eye, I can almost <laughs> say that and I say it's called Zobo. But then we don't know. Oh, well, she just took laws in her ends or whatever, because I feel like even if the child, you know, said something like that, you know, sometimes uh, maybe, you know, the person is dying and, um, you know, looking back, it would have probably, oh, I wish I had, you know, each other and all of that. That didn't automatically translate to mom, please go and, um, you know, get a surrogate or something to give me a child. I mean, that she interpreted if the son said that, she probably just interpreted it how she wanted to interpret it, you know, because she, she wanted a replacement or something like that. So um, at the end of the day, she's still, the, it's still all about her, you know, what I yes, want, right. what I want. I think right that's- now, She's the only one telling this story. We don't have anybody else corroborating. The son that allegedly is dead. Hmm. So we just have to take Anna's word for it. We hope she's telling the truth. Another thing that gets me is that um, there was still the law about the period that the uh, the cement could have been used for. Uh, mm -hmm. It's only a twelve months, and it has to involve a widow, and she went against all of these things to yeah to go outside. So it really gets me because mm -hmm. yes, it may not be illegal because she was careful with the legality. But the morality of mm -hmm. it is something that morality, gets yeah. me because, because she seems to she seems to have been playing God and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, not, it's not attractive to me. It just makes I, I I really struggle with people that that try to play God in other people's lives. I struggle with yeah. it. I to be honest. That. I get so imagine that, that she's, she's a she she features in comedies and all of that. I don't know. It just feels like a, a it feels like a what they call it. It feels like a darker side to someone that you would have thought to be typically light-hearted. But hey, we learn every day. Yeah, I mean, because you you might want to wonder why would she just go you know to all of that length? You know, she had to try, of course, because she couldn't do it here and then um the um in Spain again. I mean, you you have to. So well, she she at the end of the day, I mean, the bottom line is she did not meet any of the criteria, you know, for doing whatever she did in Spain. So she ran to another country, okay, that you know would allow her to do um whatever, which and then you would just wonder why why would she go, you know, to all of that length? Because at the end of the day, if you're talking about maybe grief, yeah, I could, like I said earlier, you know, maybe understand that. Um, this child, you know, would help her, you know, with that. Um, I'm feeling that vacuum and all of that. But come on, there are other ways, you know, you could deal with grief. So I, for me, um, I'm just more about the fact that, you know, she was probably not even thinking about this child so much, you know, some other consequences, you know, she was just all about herself. And um, I think for me, that's the main issue. Like, I mean, that level of selfishness uh, is not it's not okay. It's not just too good. I mean, she could have found other ways of grieving and overcoming that rather than bring a child, you know, 
the, the fatherless child now, as the case maybe, and probably a motherless child because that child may not. The child that was rendered motherless. Yeah, be in contact with our birth mother. So, I mean, so what's the point at the end of the day? It was just all about her and what she wanted and, you know, how she could make herself feel better. And unfortunately, there are people like that who don't readily think about the consequences of the actions for other people. Okay, it's just all about them, the pleasure, you know, they get at that point in time or, you know, the benefit for them, you know, and everything. And it's just, it's like you said, it's not attractive. It's just not cool. All right. So I think uh, my last words is going to be, my last words will be the words of Gonzalo Velasco. That's the social uh, philosophy commentator. He says, no child is ever the property of his parents and neither is a dead child. No mother or father has the power to interpret the wishes of their child. I think that kind of summarizes the way I feel about this. I feel like um, Anna, Anna Bergen went beyond her brief as a parent uh, in our yeah. desire to interpret her dead son's wishes. Uh, I think she went too far. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, Carl. You're welcome. Thank you too. Oh, all right. Um, thank you for listening um, to our gist today. So what do you think? Um, did Anna go too far? Did she play God? Um, was she selfish? Or do you think that um, she, she was right, you know, in trying to fulfill a son's last wish according to her and, um, you know, um, having, I mean, bringing forth, so to speak, you know, a child for a son, all right, um, through surrogacy. And um, again, what do you even think about um, the Spanish government's um, opinion about um, surrogacy? They said it's violence against women. Do you think that's correct? Or what's your opinion or perspective about surrogacy? Or um, let me even ask, would you be um, surrogate and if you um agree to be one would you want to be paid or would you just you know do it just you know to help um a couple that is trying to conceive please do let us know your thoughts and um once again thank you for listening to us and until we come your way again uh, peace be unto you bye Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Gisterena. We hope you enjoyed the topic discussed. Please drop your comments and let us know what you think about it. We'll definitely love to hear from you. Until next time, bye!